Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. One of the most sought after companies to work for, for high achievers, is Amazon. In fact, Amazon in September of 2020 held an Amazon Career Day that over 300,000 people attended. In addition, a record setting 384,000 people applied for a job at Amazon in the US and Canada throughout that week that the event was announced. So you can tell how competitive getting into Amazon is. So if Amazon is one of your dream companies that you want to work for, then this podcast episode is for you because I will be interviewing someone that has spent thousands of hours interviewing hundreds of people for various Amazon positions. Her name is Gail Gallagher, better known as Gigi, and is also known as the Amazon interview whiz. At her time at Amazon, she led the marketing operations at Prime Video EU and went on to establish the marketing team responsible for launching the new Amazon Fresh grocery stores that have just launched in the UK. In the course of her time at Amazon, Gigi became a dedicated and passionate interviewer, qualifying as a bar raiser, the cadre of interviewers whose role it is to lead the final decision to hire a candidate. Through that experience, Gigi saw candidates who would benefit from more support in their interview preparation but weren't in a position to cope with the expense of a personal interview coach. That led to Gigi's second life, where she developed and launched a unique affordable e-learning program for Amazon interview preparation in February of 2021. Gigi's mission is to bring Amazon interview expertise to all, and she's currently focused on getting that message out as far and wide as possible. Now let's get into my conversation with Gigi to help you build a great foundation in order to excel in the Amazon interview process. Morning, Gail. Hey, Max. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I'm really well, thank you. Really well. So you are the uh, Amazon interview wizard, correct? Uh, I'm the Amazon interview whiz. Whiz. Yeah, which I guess is probably a shortening of wizard, but I figured that was a really, really long URL for a website. So I just shortened it to whiz. (laughs) Great. So just to uh, give some background to my audience, tell me about your interviewing experience at Amazon. Sure. So as part of your day job at Amazon, and this counts for pretty much everybody at every level, Amazonians are expected to interview. It's just part of the job. Amazon interviews so many people every single day of the week as an average employee at Amazon, you could probably expect be expected to be interviewing once or twice a week. That means you get pretty practiced at interviewing. I was pretty senior at Amazon. I was a hiring manager. I had quite a large team. So I was probably averaging more along the lines of three or four interviews a week. Over the course of time, what happens is, and I guess I will probably explain to you a little bit later, the process of the bar raiser in Amazon. But over the course of time, you become, if you do a lot of interviews, pretty experienced at interviewing. And you can, if you're good at interviewing, be identified as somebody that the organization would like to have as part of their I call it elite group. That's probably a little bit overblown as a description, but it's the best I can think of at the moment of interviewers whose job it is to help facilitate the final stage of every single candidate's interview process 
and help maintain the standards of this concept of raising the bar when an individual is offered a role. That person's job is to really be an independent third party. They're not from the team that are recruiting. They've got no skin in the game. So they can really step back and make sure that the higher decision is being made for the long-term best interest of the organization, avoiding any of the bias associated with being a hiring manager who's got a hole in their team and is, is desperate to put a bum on a seat. So that that's kind of how my experience panned out. I worked at Amazon for five years and did well over a thousand hours worth of interviewing whilst also being in this kind of bar raiser role and doing my day job, which was as a marketing leader for uh, Prime Video in Europe um, and also Amazon Fresh. Great. So let's start from the beginning. So I see an ad on, I see a job ad uh, from Amazon and I apply online. Obviously, we, we both are on LinkedIn quite a bit. Is it better to apply online or is it better to get a referral in through networking? Oh, good question. So better is a bit loaded, right? Because every single use case is going to be different. I'll talk to you specifically about referrals because I have a very particular point of view about referrals. So the very best way into an organization is to know somebody that works there, have worked with them quite extensively in the past, and approach that person, share with them the role, talk to them about why you think you're a great fit for that role, and then have that person refer you to the hiring manager and be able to talk comprehensively and specifically about your skill set and why they think that your skill set is a match for this role based on their deep knowledge and experience of you. They are effectively putting their credibility on the line by championing you. That is the very best scenario that you can hope for. Uh, if that's the case and the hiring manager is interested, your CV will go, resume, sorry, <laughs> British, uh, will go to the top of the pile and they will make sure that they have a look at your resume. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get an interview. All a referral will do is get you in front of the hiring manager at the top of the pile. Your resume, CV, and your experience will be the thing that gets you the interview. A random referral from somebody that you don't know and hasn't got much experience of you isn't going to get you very far because you're not going to be able to have that person be able to have a clear, concise and well-structured conversation with the hiring manager or the recruiter about why you're a great fit for that role. I wouldn't suggest that that's a path that's any more effective than putting your CV through the online platform. It's great that you mentioned that in terms of the quality of referral, because I actually talked about this recently. So there's two types of referrals, right? The first referral is the person says, okay, you can put my name down in your online application, but they don't have that deep connection. And then they think, oh, I got a referral, so I, I can probably get an interview now. But obviously, you and I both agree that it's about building a deep relationship with someone at Amazon especially if you work with them in the past. So that is more valuable referral because that person can vouch for you. Yeah, and the Amazon referral process is on a process basis quite specific. So if you want to be referred or have a referral from an Amazonian, they have to submit your application on your behalf. So if you were to just put an Amazonian's name down on your resume and say, please talk to this person for a reference, kind of methodologically speaking, it won't do anything for you. 
you need to share your resume with that individual. That individual has to go onto a particular part of the intranet, onto a portal, and submit on your behalf. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to have a conversation with said individual, and then they're effectively doing the work for you to submit your application. Makes sense. And in terms of your hiring process, so how does it work with you? Does a recruiter show you a list of online applicants and then they prioritize the ones that came via referral? Or or how does that work in terms of ranking who gets an interview or not? Yeah. So the process would be kind of the standard process would be the recruiter picks up all of the submissions, be they internally referred submissions or submissions from the candidate through the normal portal. The ones that are marked referral will effectively be flagged on their system and they would go and look at those first and they are obliged to pass those onto the hiring manager because they have been referred by an internal candidate. So your resume won't get filtered out by the recruiter if you've been referred by an internal um, Amazonian. The recruiter will also then be going through all of the other resumes that have been submitted through the external portal, and they will be filtering those. They will use, and let's not get into the ATS conversation here, um, but they will use the tools available to them and the criteria that the hiring manager has defined for appropriate candidates to effectively, I won't say stack rank because I'm not sure it's a, a absolute stack rank of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But they will use that criteria to identify the resumes that meet the defined criteria of the hiring manager and pass them through on the system to the hiring manager and then reject those that don't meet that criteria. If you're a hiring manager, you get a whole list of CVs in your system to review on, in my case, it was a daily basis, but however often you you choose to go and check your system. And as you look through the individual, let's call them accounts for lack of a better term, you'll be able to spot which of those are marked referral because they have a very clear flag on them that says referral and which are not referrals and therefore have just come straight from the candidate. And you'll open up the referral ones knowing that 100% of those made their way through the recruiter. And you can then take your own view on whether you believe that this referral actually is a great candidate for your role. Many, many occasions, more than often than not, in my experience, even though candidates who have got referrals have often not been a good match for the role and I've rejected them. So to my point, a referral will only get you in front of the hiring manager. At that point, it's all down to whether your CV actually, resume, meets what they're looking for. So from you interviewing thousands of hours, hundreds of people, what was the percentage of you hiring straight online and through a referral? Yeah, couldn't give you that data. Got to be honest with you, never looked at the data in that way. Oh, yes, fine. It's always good to ask that question. So speaking of the resume CV, can you tell me more about what do you look for in a good CV resume in terms of structure? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. So as you know, there are lots of different approaches to this. So what I look is quite relative to the way my brain works. 
So Amazon is always going to be looking for evidence. So the first thing I will tell everybody who's pulling together their resume is you have to fill it full of the actual achievements that you have delivered for your organization. So what you did and how you did it, that's great. That's good context. But actually what I look for first when I am eyeballing a resume, which I probably do in one to two minutes, is what's the actual bottom line that they've delivered for their organization? So what improvements to deliver on key metrics that are within the scope of their role? So that's the first big tip that I have for everybody is if your CV isn't oozing deliverables, then it's going to be hard to convince a hiring manager that you're going to add value to their business. My preferred structure is I'm not a big fan of the summary section. Highly contentious, I know, but I have to be honest with you, in most cases, I skip it and go straight to the career history. Maybe I think there'll be a whole bunch of career coaches or CV writers that scream at that one, but that's the way I behave. I recommend to people that they keep it really simple and follow the star structure that actually we're all very familiar with for interview. I believe it can be applied and be applied really well to a resume where situation is, What's the company that you work for? What business are they in? Super simple. So many resumes don't actually make it clear what the business is and what they do. I've had to Google so many companies to try and get my head around what industry they're actually in. So that's a basic one. Task is then equivalent to, well, what was your job? What were you responsible for? Action what were your daily responsibilities? What did you do? Did you build spreadsheets? Did you create campaigns? Did you QA code? What were the things that you did in your job? And then finally, and that's my point at the top, the most important thing is results. So give me a good set, maybe four or five per role of what you actually delivered on a results basis. And that's it for me. It's super simple. I would suggest to most people that they don't go over two pages. I know that's another (laughs) highly debated area. Is it one page? Is it two pages? If I looked at a CV that was longer than two pages, I would internally groan. And already I'm thinking quite negatively about what I'm reading. So I prefer two pages. I think one page usually is too brief. I struggle to actually understand the context and get enough in terms of results when it's a one pager. Two pages, simple summary if you have to have a summary, situation task, action result for each of the roles in your career history. When you get to the long tail, I suggest to people that they don't even get into the level of situation task, action result. They just summarize up who they worked for and what they did and the dates. And that's it. That's actually a great point you made, Gail, in terms of utilizing the star format to write your resume, not just for the interview, because everybody preaches the star format for answering interview questions, but no one actually takes that same concept to write the resume. And it does tell a better story when you think about the star format, when you write those bullet points. I mean, that's how I've always written my CV. And for your listeners, I actually have a blog post on it on my LinkedIn profile, I think the star structure is just a brilliant structure to keep you focused and keep you on point for what you're trying to say for each section. And I found that it worked really, really well from a CV point of view. If you follow those definitions that I described, you can deliver a clear story. And that's exactly the purpose of star in an interview 
to deliver a clear story. Well, that's exactly what your resume has to do. Your resume also has to tell a clear story of your career history and what you achieved. It's just a different format to the interview, but it's effectively just an interview on paper that somebody has to read. Makes sense. And in terms of result-oriented bullet points, I'm assuming having numbers on your resume, the better, right? Whether it's percentages or dollars? Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't need to be commercial numbers. We, we were talking about percentages or dollars. It could be any KPI that is considered to be the success metric for your team. So if you are, if you're running a call center, it could easily be how many calls per minute you're recording and it was an uplift of X to Y or swing times. That's how long your agents spend not actually on a call efficiently. So it doesn't have to be a commercial number, but it has to be a number that allows you to measure the impact of the work that you do. Okay, so I think you and I can agree with the other career coaches that having quantified metrics is key to having a standout resume. Totally, because your new employer is employing you for one reason and one reason only. And that is, no matter how high or low you are in the value chain, your purpose is to make them money. And to convince them that you're going to help make them money, they have to see what your contribution was to successful business. They want return on the investment. They pay you a salary. They want to be confident that they're going to get a commercial return on that investment. And the only way you can convince a future employer of that is to show them the numbers. I won't say show me the money, as we know that catchphrase, because that's not quite, that's obviously not what I just said, but you have to show them the numbers that they can see you can go from point A to point B and that's an improvement and therefore you are adding value and we will give them an ROI on their investment in you. Nice. And what are your thoughts on cover letters? Is it required on Amazon? No, Amazon states very clearly and very publicly they do not want cover letters. Okay, well, that's a quick answer. And <laughs> in terms of the ATS, we won't get into too detail, uh, too much detail in that. <laughs> Let's um, not. Yeah, so the one thing I want to ask you is, do recruiters look at every resume that gets sent online? I'm not the best person to ask that question for, Max, because I'm not and never have been a recruiter. So all I could tell you is the same that you read on uh, LinkedIn or anywhere else. I believe that there are some countries where there are legal requirements to read every single resume. I suspect that that is not true of every single country in the entire world. So I guess the answer to your question will be dependent on the location that that particular recruiter is operating out of. Makes sense. Yeah, I have heard that uh, some countries, they're required to read every resume that gets submitted. I read the same thing. Great. So, so we're definitely aligned with that. And correct me if I'm wrong, in terms of the Amazon application process, before you even get a call from a recruiter for the first round, you will have to do an assessment. Is that true? No, that's not true for all roles, although the new assessment is being rolled out and scaled at the moment. Obviously, I don't work at Amazon anymore, so I haven't got the complete inside track, although I'm still very well connected. But they are ramping up a new process whereby candidates have to go through an online assessment. I think it's a two-part online assessment. 
And it's effectively built by the brilliant data scientists at Amazon. And trust me, they are brilliant. Based on a lot of data gathered on the type of person that is likely to make it through the interview process. And they've built these different exercises to test where that customer would fall on a kind of a decile basis compared to the ideal. And then depending on whether that candidate gets a particular score, I believe there are three different buckets, top, middle, bottom, relatively simple. If you make it into bucket top or middle, you are handed over to the hiring manager and asked, do you want to interview this candidate? I believe if you fall into the bottom bucket, you aren't considered and passed over to the hiring manager. That's not happening in all roles at the moment, as I understand it. And I'm not entirely sure whether it's going to scale to all roles. Yeah, the reason why I brought that up is there's the Amazon uh, warehouse division, right? And I actually had a, a couple of professionals said that they did the assessment for an entry-level position as area manager. So I was wondering if that assessment is standard or just for specific departments. And you answered that question saying that it, it depends on the department that they're applying for. Yeah, so it's just currently being rolled out. Some will, some won't. I have, I've talked to lots of candidates on a weekly basis and it's pretty variable as to who and who isn't getting it. I've heard, to your point, L5 level area managers who have, but plenty of L5 product managers who haven't. I've come across L7 software roles who've been doing it. So it seems to be hugely variable at this point. Okay, yeah, thanks for clarifying that, Gail. And in terms of the interview process from beginning to end, can you quickly walk me through the how it works? So is it like the first round's uh, recruiter screening call, then it goes to a hiring manager? Is there an assignment? Uh, obviously, it's going to vary depending on the department, but usually what's the uh, length between how many stages in the interview and the whole interview process from a time perspective? It's almost so hugely variable, Max. I can't give you a most common Structurally, this is what it looks like. And then I'll talk through the variability as I go through step by step. Most people will have a screening call with a recruiter who will run through their resume and just get a general feel for their backgrounds to take a view as to whether they want to pass that CV over to the hiring manager. As we mentioned here, at that point, a whole bunch of those candidates are going to find themselves doing this new online assessment. Some of them won't. You get through to a hiring manager, they'll review your CV and decide whether they want to do a round one interview with you. Round one interview is usually either with the hiring manager or with someone in your direct team. That first round interview, and now's when we get to the variability, depending on the team, could be a very, very technically focused interview, or it could be purely based on the leadership principles, or it could be a mix of both. If you make it through round one and that individual feels that you are raising the bar and have a strong chance of making it all the way through the process, you might find yourself then having a round two. Again, the round two is usually gonna be with a hiring manager or someone from your immediate team. And as I said a moment ago for round one, it could be, depending on the team, a mixture of technical and or leadership principle questions. You may also find yourself at that point doing some technical tests. So, you know, SDEs will have to do coding tests. 
Other people will have to do numerical tests, those types of things. That will usually happen between round one and round two, sometimes before round one, but usually between round one and round two. Some teams skip round two completely and take a candidate straight from round one, assume they pass the technical tests if they have to do them, not all roles have technical tests, and then take them through to the final round, which is called loop or panel, depending on who you talk to. In your loop or panel, it will depend on the seniority of the role that you're applying for, but you could be meeting anywhere between four to I've managed loops with as many as seven interviewers on your panel. You'd meet each of them individually. Usually it's over the course of kind of a single morning or afternoon. Sometimes it gets broken up across a couple of days, depending on people's and your availability. And you'll have an interview with them. Again, depending on the team, you will be asked leadership principle questions and technical questions. You will always be asked leadership principle questions in the final rounds. It will never be just technical, but you might find yourself, depending on the team, peppered into your leadership principle questions in your final round, some technical questions as well. At the end of that, everybody that has interviewed you in the final round, not rounds one and two, although you may find yourself meeting the same people, across a few rounds, get together in a room and do what is called a debrief, which is led by the person that I alluded to earlier, which is called the bar raiser. They will all discuss your interview evidence. They will assess the quality of your evidence against a very, very clearly defined description of the behaviors that they are hoping to see against each of the leadership principles determine where you are in terms of your strengths against those leadership principles, and it's a bit effectively a five-point scale, and then look at the entire picture across all of the 14 leadership principles that they've hopefully gathered evidence on you about. They'll look very specifically at critical leadership principles that are really, really important for that particular role, then make a decision as to whether you are raising the bar on 50% of the current population at the level you're applying for. And if they feel you are, then extend you a higher offer. Sounds intense. And in terms of the leadership principles, I have actually read them on the site. So in terms of interview tips, obviously you have to know the technical very well and to follow the star format, but how would someone incorporate the leadership principles in their answers? Or how important is it uh, in terms of the leadership principles when they evaluate answers of candidates? The leadership principles are everything. If you can't, if you don't provide the evidence that you're raising the bar on the leadership principles, you're not coming in. It doesn't matter how technically good you are. If you aren't convincing your panel that you are raising the bar on the leadership principles, you won't get hired. So to your question about how you incorporate them, you don't incorporate them because they are there in your examples. So the leadership principles each have against them in something that's called the Amazon interview question bank, between 10 and 15 different behavioral based questions that your interviewer will use to try and gather evidence as to whether you are able to demonstrate the behaviors that define that individual leadership principle. So the question that they ask you will by consequence of the nature of the question, 
force you to talk about the type of things that they are looking for as evidence against that leadership principle. So let me give you an example. Tell me about a time where you experienced resistance from a peer whose cooperation you really needed. Tell me about the situation, what happened and what the outcome was. Now that question is asking me about earning the trust of somebody who I want them to do something for me and they don't want to do it. So I have to talk about how I managed to earn their trust, their cooperation and their support. The nature of that question forces me to think of an example in my career history that should be demonstrating the behaviours that are aligned to earn trust because I've built that cue in the behavioural question. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So when the interviewer asks you a question, you have to really understand what the leadership principles are. And then what are they asking me in this question that relates to one of the leadership principles? Yes. So the way a candidate should be preparing for their interview at Amazon is to read all of the leadership principles and literally microscopically dissect them and try and understand what are the type of behaviours that go into this leadership principle. If I want to demonstrate Ernst trust, what are the type of behaviors that I would have to show evidence of? Now I understand the type of behaviors that I would have to show evidence of. What examples and scenarios can I think of in my career history that show me demonstrating these behaviors? So in this scenario, as we were talking about it, Max, if I push it through to its conclusion, I would then be thinking about what can I think of in my time at Amazon or my time prior to that in British Telecom of a time when I needed someone's help and they really didn't want to help me. Can I think of any time where that happened to me? Well, very probably most of us have been through that experience, right? So then I say, okay, no, I remember that time when I needed Billy to sign off this ad campaign and he thought that I was focusing on the wrong message to the customer and he wasn't going to sign it off. Great. I remember that time. Now let me think about what was the situation? What was the task? What action did I take? And what was the result? And that's how you get to your star example from the leadership principles. Well, thanks for this, Gail. When you break it down, like that, it, it isn't as complicated as a lot of people make it because everybody says, oh, Amazon's so hard to get into. But the way you break it down, if you follow these steps and really follow the Amazon leadership principles, like you, you're pretty much set. Methodologically, it's not complicated. It really isn't. And we'll talk about what I do and what I offer later on. But methodologically, it's not difficult. The difficult bit is having examples that raise the bar. One of the main reasons why people don't get roles in Amazon is the evidence that they've been able to provide lacks the scope and complexity that they're looking for people to operate at, at that level. Amazon, honestly, they are simply the smartest, most incredibly intelligent people I've ever worked with. They make you better by working alongside them. But it does mean that the caliber of the examples you need to come up with has to be the absolute best you've been performing in, like the, the golden moments of your career. Because if they're not the golden moments of your career, 
they're not gonna match the scope and complexity that the hiring manager and the team are looking for. So the actual process and the methodology isn't tough, but finding those examples and making sure you really, really give the best quality, concise detail to illustrate the complexity of it, I think is the tricky bit. A great summary. And I was actually reading an article from an HR leader at Amazon, and there was this link that they provided. It was interviewing at Amazon, at amazon.jobs, and it shows you the whole interview process. Do you think that is a good resource to use to prepare you for an interview at Amazon? I think it's a fabulous starting point to prepare your Amazon. And actually, I provide links to that from my own resources myself, because I think it's a great jumping point. But the level of detail that they can and do go into there is not as much as the level of detail that you would, for example, get from my content, or actually there are other people who also provide similar content to me. So it's not just all about me. There's a level of detail that we'll go into that Amazon doesn't go into. But as a jumping off point, it's definitely the place I would recommend people start. Fantastic. And you've said that you've interviewed in terms of like thousands of hours and then hundreds of people. So what makes a good candidate and what makes a bad candidate just based off our discussion? Obviously, leadership principles and showcasing that is important. But what else did you look at and evaluate when you interview candidates? Most of it boils down to concise detail, I suppose. So the really good candidates are able to give me really good levels of detail about what they've done and deliver it in a concise fashion. The poor candidates either give me a 10,000 feet answer where there's so little detail I can't glean the behaviors from it, or they give me so much irrelevant detail <laughs> and fail to be concise that it's actually impossible to either have the time or be able to sift through the kind of the chaff of the verbiage to get to the wheat. So I always recommend to my candidates that I support that they create their star examples and then they edit out everything that's irrelevant and leave in anything that demonstrates the behaviors. And if that means that their example, and this is a very contentious issue, Max, as to how long you should prepare your example to be. From my point of view, if your example ends up being nine minutes long, but it's packed full of golden nuggets of your behaviors and how they demonstrate the leadership principle, that is a winner. If your example is nine minutes long and it's full of irrelevant information, then you're in trouble. Equally, at the other end, if it's four minutes and it's four minutes of high level nothingness, it's not going to do you any good. If it's four minutes and that's all you can fill in terms of relevant behavioral, then that's what you've got. So that's it, Max. Detail, conciseness. Those are the best candidates. Worst candidates, no detail or talking far too much and telling me nothing. Yeah, one of the big issues that I've had in terms of working with professionals is that they do tend to ramble. And again, I always emphasize that you have to be concise and detailed and make sure that the story is packed with great nuggets of information that shows the value that you bring to a company. And in terms of, we, we understand that the words are important, but how about like presentation tips in terms of like body language? Like what do you recommend candidates do? That depends hugely on whether you're doing a VC or whether you're in person. 
as an interviewer with as much experience as I have, you recognize that just different people are different. And I feel quite comfortable interviewing a person who is quite reserved, relaxed, introverted, and see them no differently from a person who is gregarious, flapping their hands around the place, voice going up and down. So I can adapt well for that. I think if you are being interviewed by someone who isn't as experienced as Amazon interviewers, you have to just appear to be engaged. So simple things like sitting up straight in your chair and looking at them as best you can, you know, either, either it's through the camera or it's physically eye to eye. Moving your hands, just looking interested and engaged is the most important thing. I think it's really hard Max, for a human being to think on as many levels as a lot of the advice suggests they should. So trying to, as a human being, actively manage my body language whilst listening to the question that I'm being asked, whilst organizing my thoughts about how I'm going to respond, it's massive cognitive load. I would say to people, at the end of the day, if the content you deliver is the right content and you are focused on answering the question and you do it clearly and concisely, let your body do what your body does naturally. Otherwise, you are going to overload your brain with trying to send so many different messages around your body that you're probably not going to do yourself the best service when it comes to delivering the information. And in Amazon anyway, the most important thing is the actual data that the person gathers because they're not going to make a decision to hire you in that room. That is not the way Amazon works. The purpose of an interview in Amazon is just a data gathering exercise. You're actively trained not to make a judgment at that point in time. It's simply about gathering the data. It's only when you take that data away and you review it a day later, let's say, and then meet the other people who also interviewed that candidate and review that data that you're making a decision. So if you're going into an Amazon interview, I would say focus on the data, let your body do what your body needs to do. Great advice. And on average, how many candidates get interviewed for the role on average? I think that average would be such an average. It would be a completely meaningless data point if I gave if I knew it, Max. Even if I gave it to you, it would be such a huge mean average. It would be meaningless. So I could tell you that the number of candidates that I would have interviewed for an L4 role, which is a very junior entry level role, would probably be five times higher than the number of candidates that I would interview for, say, an L7 role. So it would be hugely variable both on level and, of course, on role, because the more general the role, the more people you can interview. If you're interviewing for brand manager, there's going to be a huge population. If you're interviewing for a really, really niche aerospace role for the satellite division, obviously the number of candidates that are even going to apply in the first place is going to be massively diminished versus the brand manager role. Yeah, that makes sense. If it's like an entry-level position, there's going to be way more candidates that could qualify compared to someone that's higher up or more niche role, as you mentioned. So a lot of career coaches, they mention the power of asking great questions to the interview at the end. What are some recommendations for you in terms of what type of questions that you should ask the interviewer at Amazon to help you stand out? So I, I'm afraid I have another rather outside view on this one, Max. 
I recommend that people ask the questions that are going to help them make a good choice about moving to that job if they are lucky enough to receive an offer. I, particularly for the Amazon process, the questions that you ask in an, an Amazon interview aren't generally used as evidence to make a decision about whether to hire you or not. The evidence that is used in an Amazon interview to make a decision on whether to hire you is the leadership principle based questions. If you happen to ask a really, really incredible question, somebody might bring it up. If you happen to ask no questions at all, someone's definitely going to bring it up. But the exact questions that you ask is not intended to be used as evidence to decide whether to hire you or not in an Amazon interview. So my advice to candidates if they're applying to Amazon is ask the questions that are going to help you make a good decision about whether you want to work at Amazon, want to work for that hiring manager and want to do the work because that is the only time you're going to find out that information, which is the critical information to help you make a decision about whether you want to upend your life and either leave a job that you've been in for years and make nice money on it and take a risk on something brand new and unknown or move across the country or move across the world, change your life completely in order to go for this job. Taking a new job, Max, is a massive decision, massive. And to my mind, if you aren't using your question time to really make sure you're making the right decision, you're missing out on a really important opportunity. So I'm afraid I part company quite largely with these other interview coaches who feel that great questions are gonna help you get the job. I think great questions will help you make the right decision if you're offered the job. I love this conversation. You're just killing all these standard advice that a lot of career coaches give. So I really appreciate your uh, insight on this. And to go back to what you said, at the end of the day, the main things that a person interviewing at Amazon should keep in mind is the Amazon leadership principles, be very detail-oriented in your answers. doesn't matter the length. As long as you provide good amounts of data that mm -hmm. the panel can take away and evaluate compared to other candidates, that is really the, the main focus of what you should do at an interview at Amazon. Totally. And the, I think the, well, the Amazon interview process is peculiar. You know, Amazon prides itself on being peculiar, not peculiar, strange, but peculiar, unusual. And that's very, very true of the Amazon interview process, which is why I really say to all candidates that you've got to get your information from people who know the process because there's so much misinformation out there and some of it quite dangerously wrong. I listen to some stuff and read some stuff and I pray to God that a candidate hasn't actually followed that advice because it could materially hurt them. The Amazon process is very unique. So if you are going to apply for Amazon, go and find yourself information sources from people who you know have been inside the machine because they will give you the exact and accurate advice. Absolutely. I always recommend to professionals, if you want to go into a specific company, uh, try to network with people that have done the interview process or has been the hiring manager, and that will give you way more information than a, a career coach that is more general. Yeah. And it doesn't mean to say that the career coaches that are more general are wrong. You know, I'm sure that advice about great questions being a key variable in helping you land a job is true in many, many places. It's just not true in Amazon. Makes sense. And to close off this uh, interview section of the conversation, what are some additional tips that we didn't 
really talk about that you will want to provide for my audience that are trying to get into Amazon? Oh, well, I've got a whole YouTube channel about two and a half hours worth of additional tips. So I don't think we've got another two and a half hours on this call, have we, Max? So what's the biggest tip that I could give people to help them? Here it is. Here's my biggest, biggest tip to a successful interview, not just at Amazon, but anywhere. And that is write down the question. I cannot tell you, Max, how many times I've asked candidates a question and they've given me an answer that bears no resemblance whatsoever to the question that I've asked because they've started down a road and then somehow just meandered off on another path <laughs> that I wasn't asking them about. So my biggest tip for everybody is when you're asked the question to write it down, it will keep them absolutely focused on providing the type of evidence that the Amazon interviewer is looking for. Your time is very limited and you don't get second chances. So you better make sure that the answer that you're giving them is the answer to the question that they've asked. And what is your rule of thumb or advice in terms of how long should someone prepare for an interview at Amazon? Is it a few hours, like a week? Like what's, what's your thought process there? Wow, Max. So you're going to hate me, but my answer is going to be it's going to vary massively from candidate to candidate. There are some people who the leadership principles make total sense for them. They've got a huge back catalogue of great examples. They're very experienced at interviewing and they could probably put, let's say, 10 to 15 hours into preparing for an Amazon interview and be done and dusted. There are other people that could easily need to invest something along the lines of 30 hours if they really don't get the leadership principles and they have to start from first principles to understand those and then work their way through everything else that they need to achieve. I always think that you should invest as much time as you can into preparing for an interview rather than saying, I'll only put 10 hours into it. Say to yourself, okay, I've got 25 available hours between now that I've been called for interview and the interview that I'm going to have. So I'm going to invest all of those 25 hours because I'm pretty confident that you'll never regret investing time in something that you, you failed in. You'll certainly regret not having invested the time in something you failed in. Good words of advice, Gail. And moving past the interview conversation, if you do get hired at Amazon, what is some advice in terms of how to be successful in the role at Amazon? Obviously, Amazon's work culture is going to be vastly different compared to other companies, just based off what we discussed. What should people expect when they get hired at Amazon and they start their first like 30, 90 days? So, Max, you can call me Gigi. We're friends, I hope. So, Gail is something my mom calls me when she's cross with me. So, feel free to call me Gigi at any point. So, to be successful in Amazon, I think it's about always being willing to be self-reflective. There used to be a leadership principle called being vocally self-critical. It's not a leadership principle anymore. It got combined into earn trust. But in my experience, the very, very best Amazonians are able to step back, look at themselves and their performance in the mirror and see where they could improve and develop themselves and then be very proactive about filling those gaps. Amazon is on every level an incredibly self-serve organization. If you want to know anything at Amazon, 
someone will just say, go and read this wiki, which is effectively like a internal Wikipedia. And you have to go and self-serve yourself that information. If you want to do any training at Amazon, generally everything is online and you have to self-serve. And that's true of your career development. If you want to fill a gap, if you have targeted a role that you particularly like the look of and you'd like to evolve into, you need to self-serve your way into achieving that goal. Of course, managers will support you, but it's very much a pull type environment rather than a push type environment. I might tell one of my team members that these are the areas that they need to develop in. And if I can do anything to support them, they should let me know. But ultimately I hand ownership to them for their own self-development. What did you like about the Amazon culture? I just loved how, I mean, I find culture quite a difficult word because so many people think of it quite differently in terms of their definition. So I'm going to slightly peek, tweak that from you, Max, if you don't mind. I'm going to pretend you asked me what I liked working, at, what I liked the most about working at Amazon. And what I liked the most about working at Amazon was just how smart the people I was working with was. Amazon aims to always raise the bar with the people that they hire. So every year, the people that they hire into the same role are higher and higher performers, which means as a Amazonian in the organization at any point in time, people are always coming on board that are just smarter than you are and more able to deliver than you are. And it forces you to continue to lift your game. You can never become stagnant in Amazon. I've worked in companies previously where it was quite easy to reach a plateau and my performance peaked and then I just kind of plateaued. That's just not possible in Amazon because there are always people coming on board who are stronger and you have to lift your game to keep up with them. And please don't interpret it to mean that it's incredibly competitive and there are people climbing over each other's dead bodies for advancement. I don't mean that at all. But I mean, you are naturally surrounded by really smart people and by you know, luckily a process of osmosis in some cases, you are able to evolve, become better and more knowledgeable because the people around you are able to provide you with that data to absorb from. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Gigi. So I'm, I'm going to call you Gigi now. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, Gigi's uh, where you go by. <laughs> yeah, because we were corresponding with Gail and you didn't mention anything. So I'm like, sorry. Oh. That's my fault. You know, I am so used to people using either or that I just kind of go with it. But then, of course, I realized that at this point, we're talking about the Amazon interview whiz and Gigi is the Amazon interview whiz. So sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you there. My fault. I take ownership of that failure. That's okay. It's all about uh, learning, right? So it's all good. But yeah, we're definitely friends now. So I, I can call you Gigi from uh, now on. <laughs> cool. So yeah, just to wrap it up, I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, Gigi, uh, in terms of just helping people who want to get into Amazon and don't really know how to prepare for a proper uh, interview at Amazon. So really appreciate you uh, taking the time to provide your insights. So tell us more about what you teach as the uh, Amazon interview whiz and how can people find you online? Sure. Okay. Thanks, Max. Yeah. So I teach literally everything that you need to know to ace your Amazon interview from the foundational stuff that we were talking about earlier for the leadership principles, all the way through to the really kind of nuanced tips and tricks that you can, if you feel confident, apply. So I have my YouTube channel, which is the Amazon interview Wiz, and that's like two and a half hours worth of just 
insight and tips on how to do well in an Amazon interview. But if candidates are looking for something much more foundational and comprehensive, and to your point earlier in our call, Max, that real synthesized step-by-step broken down methodology, I run the Amazon Interviewers Academy. And the Academy is effectively an e-learning program where I've been able to literally build an entire training program for candidates. Because it's e-learning, I've been able to price it incredibly competitively. So it'll cost about a tenth of the price it would cost to get exactly the same information from a personal coach. And that will teach you everything that you need to know about understanding the leadership principles in their minutiae nuance. And there's also a masterclass in there that literally walks you step by step through what you need to do to get prepared for an Amazon interview from the point where you get a phone call to say that you're going into your round one and you should get yourself ready for an interview all the way through to having everything lined up and ready for when you actually get on that call or on that VC with the hiring manager. That's the Amazon interview with Academy. I promote it all the time on my LinkedIn profile. So if anyone wants to kind of get the URL for that, they can come to my LinkedIn profile. But my absolute mission, Max, and I end all of my LinkedIn posts with this is I really want to make Amazon interview expertise available for everybody. What I found when I was a bar raiser and interviewer at Amazon is you could really see the candidates who had had that little bit of extra coaching, just being more confident and knowing how to present their information. And I felt that at Amazon, we were possibly missing some good Amazonians because they just didn't have the right tools to help them present themselves in the best light. But if you want that type of support, it can easily cost you thousands of dollars easily. And that to me wasn't offering the type of diversity that I felt that Amazon was seeking and that in order to be able to get that diversity and level the playing field so that everybody gets a chance to showcase themselves in the best possible way. I came up with this concept of e-learning because you can scale it and if you can scale something you can price it really really cheaply for lack of a better term. I'm a marketer and you should never use cheap in marketing but it covers the point. All right. Really appreciate you taking the time today to walk us through the Amazon interview process. And I think your resource in terms of really helping professionals with expertise on the interview process at Amazon will really help them take the, their interview skills to the next level. I certainly hope so, Max. And I certainly get loads of messages on a weekly basis from people who've been using my academy and using YouTube to say they've landed jobs, which is just amazing. I love getting those through. It's a real thrill to know that people that you haven't even met and will never meet in your life, that you've been able to make a really positive contribution. And I know you do the same thing, Max. You've got some amazing LinkedIn content out there that I'm pretty confident is helping people make really good choices and land jobs and develop their career in a way that perhaps they wouldn't have done if they didn't have that golden nugget. So power to you as well, dude. Thanks, Gigi. And I appreciate the time again. No worries. Take care. Thank you for having me so much. I really appreciate it. Gigi gave us tons of information on how to build a great foundation in order to excel in the Amazon interview process. I want to take a few minutes right now to highlight a few key points that were the most important in our discussion. The first is the resume. Make sure that the resume and for each role on the resume has quantifiable metrics in your work experience to really highlight the impact that you made 
in each of the roles at the companies that you work for. A great tip that Gigi mentioned is utilizing the star format. We usually emphasize the star format in interviews, which again is situation, task, action, result. But using the star format for resumes is also a good way to really have structured bullet points that highlight the impact that you've made at the companies that you've worked for. Again, in terms of the quantifiable metrics, it doesn't have to be commercial numbers such as revenue. However, it should focus on KPIs that were outlined for you when you were hired there and talk about how you were able to either meet or exceed those KPIs. From an interview preparation standpoint, the Amazon leadership principles are extremely vital in terms of you passing the interview process and being offered a job at Amazon. So go on the Amazon website and look at all the Amazon leadership principles and really dive deep into your experience to find out what type of experience that you have gained that aligns with the Amazon leadership principles. Because whatever questions that the interviewer is asking you, they are looking to see that you have displayed the Amazon leadership principles throughout your work experience. Which leads me to my final point, interviewing well at Amazon. The one thing that Gigi noted was that the interview process at Amazon is all about data collection. They do not make a decision at the interview. They take all the data that they have collected based off your answers, and then they will discuss in the group which candidate will get the job based off the data collected from interviews for each of the candidates. So to make sure you present the best data possible, Gigi emphasizes that you have to be very detailed and concise in your answers. And the answers are also fairly easy to follow for them to understand your story and to take notes properly. Gigi emphasizes that there is no length requirement for answers. If the answer is nine minutes long, but has tons of great data that's easy to follow, it's better than having a three to four minute answer that's a bit high level because you think that there's a time limit. So again, give as much detail as possible so the Amazon interviewers can gather as much data from you as possible in order to make the best informed decision for their next hire. Again, this is Chan with The Plan The Podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. If you found this podcast episode helpful and insightful, I would really appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family to help support the show. I post new episodes every Tuesday on all popular podcast platforms. You can also connect or follow me on LinkedIn where I post daily content on topics such as career advice, job search tips, and personal branding. That's it for me, and I'll see you next time. 